Hello everyone, welcome back to our severe case of indecision and our completely biased opinions with Ian and Tyler, you are listening to Sound Audits. How are we doing tonight, Tyler? I am better now. I'm feeling pretty good myself. I'm good. glad to hear you say that though. Good. Yeah. We've been watching a lot of TikToks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Quality, have, it, honestly. This, yeah. Well, at this point, it's like a ritual that we have. When you get here, it's like, we, could, we run through some music and then you have to show me either YouTube or TikTok. Yeah. And usually a combo. Yeah. That's what it was tonight. That's our ritual, though. That's how we get warmed up. That's our warm-up sequence. We don't do, like, vocal exercises. There's just no, like, trills. Like, you hear people, like, radio show hosts doing the whole... And, like, repeating their consonants and everything. We try to stutter. Yeah. We like the natural feeling. Yeah, And also, you know, we take this very seriously, so we gotta we gotta get our giggles out beforehand. As well as you should take everything that we say... Very seriously, nothing is a joke. Yeah, we, we spit nothing. We don't joke. We don't joke. Fact. We don't know what. Either, we don't even know what comedy is on sound audits. We've. N- I've never joked in my life. I don't know that word. I no. What is it? Uh, what are we reviewing today, Tyler? Are you referring to her as a joke? Okay, stop. stop Taylor stop, Swift. Stop. Folklore. Okay. Now, uh, we have a bit of explaining to do here. I feel like. Um, I have never listened to a Taylor Swift album all the way through. I've never felt the need to. I've never really wanted to. There's never been, even with her last album, there was never really any lead up that made me want to pursue listening to that album, I guess. Um, and all, with all of her other releases, I don't know. I've, I've never been a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm so very sorry if I offended anybody with that statement. I'm not going to blame anybody for liking Taylor Swift. I think there are reasons to like Taylor Swift. Um, I know that my girlfriend really likes old Taylor Swift, which is a lot because of the like nostalgia factor that it has when you're like a little kid and you find that shit. Yeah, I. that's fine. Um, I myself have never been a big, been a big Swifty. So... Like we say a lot on this show, this was a first for me. And I know it's like sacrilegious because Taylor Swift is literally like one of the biggest female faces of the pop industry or the, the not the pop industry, the music industry in general. Uh, she has been for years. Her and like, what, what would be some other faces that you would pin up there? Ariana Grande, maybe? Her area or just in general? Uh, in her, more in her sphere, I guess. Because, I mean, there's also, like, Lady Gaga, but that's she, her ship has sailed a little bit more than Taylor's I has. I think Taylor Swift kind of dominates her space. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I yeah. I agree. Every um, time she does something, it's it's historic. Yeah. It's, it's big. Absolutely. It doesn't matter how insignificant that thing is. It's, it's big on the scale. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. She always, whenever she has any output in the span of whatever year that she will release an album, she always makes some sort of a wave in just about every area uh, that you could possibly imagine. Everybody, everybody sees it, even if they don't like it. Like, I know I heard that Reputation has a <laughs> reputation for being uh, a fairly interesting release in her catalog. The release after that, Lover, yeah. came out last year, and... That might be the album everyone heard, but no one heard. You know? Yeah, everyone heard it, but nobody remembers it. Nobody, I, nobody could sing you a song off of that track. Uh, I could, like, I could, I could, I could sing you some stuff. But could you actually? I because I thought we were gonna do an episode on it. I listened wait. to it three times. 
I could not sing you a single melody. Like that was the most forgettable oh, album shit, of last right. year. Oh shit, you're right. Yeah, that's. I just remember really not liking. I I didn't came like. Came and you, went. I remember sh- the album. To, cover. What is the? You have to. You have to cool down. Is that like the LGBT track that got her in some trouble? But and you don't know it for the music. No, you know I don't. it for the yeah. the politics. I also know. I I remember hearing me with Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. I don't want to remember that. Yeah, let's pretend that didn't happen. But I want to pretend that didn't happen. But the the thing is about this album. What I was getting at here is that this is different. Like we said before, she released an album last year called Lover. I believe actually did pretty well critically. If uh, for Taylor Swift, am I speaking out of pocket here? Like, is that out of turn? I think it was like a, a like a common seven. Okay, average. Between seven I, and I'm eight, I'm probably thinking maybe. more 1989 then. I, yeah. 1989, 1989 was pretty critical. Okay. This one is different because I no one was expecting this, I don't think, right? This literally was dropped overnight. I saw it one day on Apple Music's top charts or newly released or something like that, and I was like, oh, wait, this is out now? And I saw the album cover, and I was like, is this different? And I saw people, there were already people making articles about it, and it was like this this whole thing of her going back to her roots um, and everything as a country singer, and I was like, oh, well, this could be interesting. So, I was tentatively excited when it came out, because I just did, I had no idea what to expect, and I listened to a couple tracks, because there were no singles that dropped off of it, right? There was literally no rollout, if I remember correctly. Overnight. Yeah legitimately and there have been massive amounts uh, tyler's actually showing me something from across the table right now the the score for lover on pitchfork was a 7.1 so yeah you're right good job <laughs> i would not have known that i've seen the memes about her album cover being like a black metal album from sweden and everything they're funny i get it but i was excited for her because i just from the tone of the album i could tell that she was trying to do something a lot different from what she's been doing with her past couple of releases where reputation was sort of for a bad girl album you know lover was her basically the opposite of reputation and now this i was just it was it it was even just to see it in front of me. It was kind of refreshing to see such a popular artist take the, the no rollout route of releasing her music or, you know, she's like not releasing this for the clout or anything like that. She released it to release it. And of course, quarantine and everything, all of that has had an impact on this album, I am sure. I'll give a little bit of information on Taylor Swift. I've been prolonging it. So, Taylor Allison Swift was born on December 13th of 1989. Imagine that. She's an American singer-songwriter, and she was born in West Reading, Pennsylvania, and she relocated in 2004 to pursue her career in country music. Uh, At age 14, she became the youngest artist signed by Sony, or ATV Music Publishing House, Uh, and at age 15, she signed her first record deal, and in 2006, she released her debut studio album, and she did some numbers as a country singer. I think her second album, which was Fearless in 2008, says here that it won four Grammy Awards, including Album of the Year, and was certified Diamond. Yeah, goddamn. That's that's huge. For a 15-year-old or whatever? Was she 15 at that point? 2008 no she was what 19 damn son damn son that's 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 a quick rise to superstardom that's like some some beebs type shit like that age 
damn, I, she's age 30 now. And I mean, like we've said before, she's had her fair share of controversies under her belt. She's got an entire career under her belt at this point. Uh, from the time that she was a child, there, of course, was, I mean, the whole Kanye West controversy along with that LGBT controversy. I don't think we have to delve too deep into either of those. If you don't know what they are, all you have to do is look up what I just said and they will come up along with Taylor Swift's name. And I maybe it's worth mentioning that I kind of feel bad for Taylor Swift as a human being because she's literally the talk of the town anytime she even breathes, like farts, anything. Any human function that she does, her diehard fans have to know about it. I, one headline that really irked me was I, I was looking something up about her and I looked up her name or something like that. And the very first thing that came up was that it was this big like blow up thing where Taylor Swift and her boyfriend were caught hiking in Colorado. Oh my god, Taylor Swift outside, outdoors, Taylor Swift was outside in the sun? <gasps> oh my god, buy the plane tickets, I need to get to Colorado immediately! What the fuck are you think? I feel so bad for her as a person. Like, I can't imagine being under that much of a magnifying glass, you know? So maybe even, like, the rollout of this album was intentional in that she just didn't want any of the shit surrounding her name in the lead up to it. She just wanted to be nice and clean about it, and I respect that. And that is kind of why I was excited to go into this album. So, do you have anything else to really preface this with, or can we get into it? I think that's pretty fair. Alright, so let's get into talking about Taylor Swift's latest album, Folklore. I am excited. Alright, so, it says here in the Apple Music page that it was a, a, uh, a mere 11 months that passed between this album and the release of her following album. Usually, at least for me, like, uh, music takes so much time to create and curate and everything like that. I, I'm impressed that this came out so soon afterwards. I mean, with quarantine, obviously people have a little bit of extra time on their hands. But still... Another thing that really got me excited uh, when I was looking at this album was that she had featured Bon Iver on one of her tracks. That got me hype, because I am a whore for white boy indie music. Uh, I, I love the shit out of all of it. Bon Iver, fucking Grizzly Bear, fucking Fleet Foxes, fucking Arcade Fire, you name it. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm here for it. Love it. So when I saw Bon Iver's name attached to it, I was basically coming my pants. And... Maybe I can talk about sort of my snap reaction when I heard this uh, the very first time, which was basically that I, the second that I put it on, I knew something was immediately different. There was a different atmosphere. There was a different approach to the songwriting in general. It wasn't very densely layered, even though it's there, there were some very minute details in the first track, the one, um, especially in like the percussion area of things. I, I, if I remember correctly, the beats kind of sequenced with these plucking guitars and just the aura of the track is profanely different is that is that word applicable there yes and that is something that i really liked on first listen i listened to the first four tracks and i i had sort of mixed emotions the first time going into it but i can definitely say coming out of it that i think that just based off of material and again never listened to an, a taylor swift album all the way through never had the desire to but from what i've seen i think that i like the atmosphere of this one the best 
at least this like body of work i've sort of listened to patches of her music here and there i've i've just never had the desire but this one kept me intrigued and it kept me engaged at the very least throughout its entire runtime which mind you is 16 songs an hour and three minutes this is not a short album by today's standards this is like this is this is a slog this is a fucking behemoth especially for a pop artist but things that i liked about this album were that i again just liked the immediate atmosphere of it so much better than any other taylor swift song there is so much more thought that i can hear put into the tracks in general maybe even some of her lyrics and tyler and i were sort of talking back and forth and i think that i mean i like this album cover the best out of all of her album covers it's grayscaled she's standing in the middle of a forest again it looks like a swedish black metal cover but i i just loved the it's kind of foggy out and everything but it's also kind of bright and vibrant in a weird way i feel like the the cover can be summed up on one track which is the last great american dynasty track three which is by far my favorite track on the album possibly my favorite taylor swift track that i've ever heard not even possibly i think it definitely is my favorite taylor swift song which i never even thought that i would put the time in to find a favorite taylor swift song but this album made me do it and the song is basically a story song with all of these very plucky and um sort of like homegrown sounding guitars and her voice which is her usual taylor swift voice that's one thing that doesn't change about this album actually is her voice uh and the vocal harmonies and the way that she processes it and everything which kind of irked me at first but i'll get into that later but the last great american dynasty i think narratively is one of the best songs that taylor swift has ever written talking about um this couple in the 60s this woman that married into power uh with this dude and the the guy ended up dying of something i forget exactly what it was but she inherited all the power and it was like this toxic relationship and everybody hated this woman um because she was just as power hungry as her husband or whatever and it, she sort of went through a generational thing about this house that people rich people kept on buying and passing down and then it was bought by her and the whole i think the the biggest sort of through line that the track has is the line where she says that whatever woman is inhabiting the house she's talking about her and she says uh I, she had or i had a marvelous time ruining everything and I, there's something very very sweet about that line also kind of sinister in a way not sinister like when i think of sinister as a word i usually think malicious or evil or black it's sinister in a very light use of the term sinister but like maybe playfully sinister if that's even a, a thing i don't know maybe i'm not doing a great job explaining this but instrumentally the track captivated me maybe not on my first lesson but after repeated lessons like i when i go back to it i have a desire to go back to it which is great i've never had a desire to go back to a taylor swift song a lot which i have i i make these fucking playlists for each month now and i added it to one of the month's playlists because i liked it that much I just really like the song, and I guess on that same note, I can say that about a couple of the songs here. Like, I, I really like some of the ways that these songs are written. I'm kind of with you with what you were saying at the beginning. I've listened to the last few Taylor Swift records. I listened to, of course, 1989 when that came out, because, let's face it, I was on the brink of still being a child when that came out, and I... It was, it was fun, it, you know, but 
And you're a big, you were a big Taylor Swift song, uh, Swift fan back in the day. I like, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, it kind of, again, that nostalgia factor, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, when it was happening, it wasn't a nostalgia factor. It was right. I, I liked it, you know, because. I but was, then you forgive that, right? Like, I mean, that. your music taste usually, of course. Pre- preferably, would change of over time with of your course. personality. And now, now you listen to it for the, the, the factor of you know you you used to like it, and it's kind of fun to reminisce about. Yeah, yeah. you know, there's something fun about that. But needless to say, Taylor Swift's audience has historically been a, a probably younger. And probably more female demographic. I think that's statistically proven. Yeah, I I would say that is probably accurate. Yes. You know, I've crunched the numbers, and that's what I got. <laughs> this is as far as records go. I do feel like this is the first time that she's really put out something targeted to almost everybody. And I don't don't necessarily mean like. Everybody, everybody, like the younger people, like kids will jam to shake it off. This is obviously not that. But I I don't know, kind of just out of the gate, it was like, all right, well, this might be one that I can get on. I might be able to be a part of this. And that was, that was kind of like, I was really excited for that. Yeah. And I think just a lot of that is a maturity thing. She's 30 and she's reaching the point where she's not putting out a, 21 year old 22 year old 23 year old's music for people in that vein of age she's more matured with their music putting out for the majority of people i guess yeah not that i not and not that i feel like that she was specifically targeting her audience either i don't think that was like an intentional thing to you right i wouldn't it's that's sort of just collateral damage that's like the way that she writes i think so just sort of by nature targets that demographic of people you know i think so and i mean i don't know because like a lot of her breakup songs maybe the ones that are less fun maybe are not that another thing that i can say about this album i think definitively is it has far more of a through line than her other work and i know i've used that term i use that term talking about uh, last great american dynasty but i think it's very applicable in that i again the aesthetic across the album is far more focused and far more singular and more all encapsulating than her other releases it much more carries its own you could say vibe sure we can put vibe in there sure and i really really like that about it there are also some songwriting things that carry throughout the record guitar and piano are actually very very prominent in their use again going more back to her roots and that's one thing that i didn't agree with this is not going back to her country roots this is far more of a folk outing than it is a country and it's not of course it's not going to be actual like real folk it's not down dirt that kind of thing like if we're talking bluegrass or if we're talking what western is that that'd be western european like nordic countries but it shares um, similarities in yeah the that in, it's the instrumentation and right the it's experience. modern folk. it's modern folk which i can get behind i enjoy some modern folk how many big artists do you see doing that though like a, a taylor swift doing that well now that she's done it i feel like we could see more doing it 
absolutely. I feel like we could I, definitely see more. Th- like more. now that I am getting into thinking about that, it's a little out there. Yeah, it's kind, kind of, of a interesting decision coming off of Reputation and Lover. Like, yeah, that's slightly a one eighty. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that she's penned some of her best songs on this album, along with The Last Great American Dynasty. We were talking about this as well. Seven, I think, is one of her best songs. I think that might be my period. favorite track on this record. Yeah, as and far, it was mine for a while as well. It, I agree. Inst- instrumentation and just the, the way that everything came together on this song. I, I think that this might be the maybe the strongest in structuring for me. I felt like this song was super cohesive and... Very tight. Yeah, and... Yeah, this song was airtight, and I just, I don't, I didn't really have any problems with it that I could really think of. Yeah. I really like the Listed Affairs as well. I think, again, that's one of, one of the more thoughtful tracks on the record. I also liked, I also really liked, <laughs> even though there's this kind of, there's this key change. There's a key change at the end of this track, and it's kind of cheesy, it's kind of corny in the Taylor Swift way, but I thought that the track was very sweetly written and composed. I thought that, again, the sentiment of the track, um, reminiscing about less of a lover, more about an old friend, it kind of has themes of exploring sexuality as well in the track which I kind of appreciated as well as I really enjoyed the last track hoax, which is far more piano driven than all of the, well, okay, not, not far more, but is one of the most piano driven tracks on the record. And I think that it ties everything together as well as it could. It's not necessarily like this big, fantastic album closer. It doesn't necessarily like bleed the essence of a great album closer you know like the song at the end of i don't know like fucking late registration by kanye west that bleeds album i'm trying to think of more that you could put there the lad third eye off of enema for tool we're getting out there but you get it like it's not necessarily this big grand explosion or anything it's kind of just carrying the baton that the rest of the album carried over onto the very final moments. And I thought it did a fairly good job of that as well as I just really appreciate her getting Bon Iver on a record, even though exile is not my favorite song here. I appreciated his presence. I appreciated the duet. And he sounded great. Yes. Yeah. His vocals were crisp. He sounded yeah. fantastic. I think they, they complimented each other pretty well. And that's something that I can give that track is that the compliment for each other was really, really great. As well as the one I don't think is the worst of album openers. Well, we'll get into it. But I, I, I thought the one was did a, an okay job, a pretty good job of setting you up for what you were sort of getting into, I guess. Yeah, I'd say that's just about it. Well, we'll get into what we didn't like then, I suppose. Let's let's do that. Okay, Ian did a little bit of foreshadowing there. We can just start right out of the gate with the opener. Not the strongest track on the album. And it's not it's not bad. It's it's more It than, isn't bad. It's more than tolerable. But as far as getting you excited for what is to come, kinda lacks. And I'm sorry I was just gonna say like the very first lyric, the one about being on some new shit, it kinda is like, oh, yeah, we're still... This is still Swift. Okay, Taylor. Yeah. Okay. okay. Reputation. Let's go. All right. Yeah. You're really trying. 
Yeah, I don't... You know what? There's something... I don't know. Taylor Swift used to have this really wholesome factor to her character that I was really for. And I'm a big proponent of do whatever you want. Whatever makes you happy. Don't care. Don't care at all. But that respectable quality that Taylor used to have is... you know over the past few albums has kind of been thrown out the door and this is a personal thing not a critical thing. no but i get what you're saying because can be used as a critical thing because that was part of her brand for a while that okay yeah and it was a respectable quality about her and yes yeah she did kind of shit that's that's kind of gone now so to watch her like even in the very very early moments when this album is young it's like all right all right, we're 15 seconds in, and I'm already, I'm yeah, already. You're on some new shit. Yeah, I am some, excited. Yeah. So, yeah, going into that, number two is the song of the album in terms of what everyone is listening to. When this album dropped, Cardigan was on everyone's story. It was on the charts too. Yes, for a while. It, it the was, numbers. It was huge, right? And of course, it's Taylor. So. There's got to be one coming off that's going to rise above the others. And Cardigan is that one. The first time I heard it, I was excited for the fact of it being different, being out of her vein, being a new side of Taylor. Unfortunately, the more that I listen to the song, the more I've come to kind of be aggravated by it. And That's a good word, too. Thank you. Fine song. She She didn't pen a bad song. But I think that, I think she kind of gets lost in the sauce and, and is being almost a little too, not too lyrical, being, a, uh, trying to be a little too poetic and, oh, I, I am the cardigan under your bed and I feel like this. What did you just say? Yeah, it's a little bit. Did, did anybody pay attention to the fact that she, she's telling her massive audience of hundreds of millions of followers that she feels like a cardigan under the bed? We're we're achieving Lana Del Rey and Fiona Apple levels of pretentiousness, right? And you know, I can let it slide. I you know I don't. Do, I don't is think it's really something that I'm going to get that upset over. No, but then every time that I hear the song now, I'm just like, well, that was freaking weird. Yeah. That, what? I just can I clarify something real quick? Please. I said that so accusatorily. Uh, is that accusatorily? Sorry. I said it so... <laughs> I didn't mean to... There's nothing really wrong with being pretentious a lot of the time. Sometimes you're kind of just waxing poetic, but she really comes off as trying too hard, especially in the first two tracks of this album. With just those two simple, like, lyrical sides of things, it's like you're really, really trying very, very hard to come off as very artful, and it's not working. There are so many other people like Lana Del Rey and Fiona Apple that do it better than you, and you're kind of just biting off of it. Right. And, I'm, I mean, I'm. this isn't one that I really want to go track by track on, but to kind of sum things up a little bit... Wax poetic on the album as a whole for me, Tyler. Huh? <laughs> wax poetic wax wax poetic on the album as a whole for me tyler that's what it's called waxing poetic <laughs> i'm sorry I, i'm not Go understanding ahead. I'm, sorry. I'm not following no. <laughs> that's so like sorry. a term wax Wha- to wax poetic upon something yeah you could say that she was trying to wax poetic with the track cardigan but she failed miserably okay 
Um, I'm going to wax poetic with this next statement here. Okay? <laughs> Please Ready? do. I don't even know what that means. Okay. <laughs> I, I think feel like the first half was stacked a little bit. And the second half was more tedious to get through, even though I really love the closer and I really love seven, which I guess is around the midpoint. Like there, there aren't, I didn't really think that there was a bad spot, but I, yeah, it I was almost, a fairly well spaced album. I almost felt like there was more time spent on the first half than the second half. And just that there was more care and more thought, you know, wrapped into the, the tracks and the first leg of the album. I get that. Feeling and too. I, I really do feel like that's a common theme, especially with pop albums, just in general. I almost feel like they try and rope you in with tracks one through six yeah. and they get in those three singles. And then after that, it's kind of just, you wander into no man's land and yeah. the unchartered territory of pop B-sides because pop artists can't write an entire record of good songs. Yikes. But uh, here's the thing. It's it's always done. It's pretty much been done on every Taylor album so far. I, I think it's fair to say that I've poked around more of her albums than I have listened to through all of them. And I, I've listened to 1989, Reputation, Lover, and this one all the way through. I've heard all of those. And it's all kind of the same deal. I think out of those, 1989 was space the best because okay. even even up to the last three tracks in that you you still have pretty good highlights but here we are and the, not neither here nor there i just kind of went off kind of predictable yeah. is what you're saying especially for Taylor Swift. yeah and it just you favor half of the album more than the other and i want to favor the whole thing you of course you always go into an album you you want to like it front to back not front to middle and I feel like that's the case too much of the time. Very sad. B big sad. Very sad. Thank you, Kanye. Thank you, Kanye. Very sad. Taylor Swift, as a songwriter, right? Her, along with lots of other song pop songwriters, there is very little to sort of grasp at straws at or reach under the surface for. A lot of the times... The thought is put into everything on the surface, you know, and what is immediately present, because that's the thing about a lot of pop music is that it is so immediate and the qualities about it are people. Everybody's able to pick up on them. Basically, that's why it's on the radio, because it appeals to a massive amount of people. When you write music like that, you're giving up some of the qualities of songwriting that somebody in the underground might have and it's kind of sad maybe i'm even sounding a little bit pretentious but literally pretty much literally speaking it's very hard to get your stuff charts if you're not trying to appeal to a wide audience and for some of that sometimes you have to cut out some of the more thoughtful elements of your songwriting and leave what's on the surface a lot of times sometimes there's nothing wrong with that even there are some very very good pop songs that are written and are played on the radio tyler and i were actually talking about that earlier too chandelier by sia fucking banger of a track like sometimes the immediacy of something is not the worst quality about it, and it's not the biggest gripe that I have with pop music. But when you're writing pop music like this, even I would still call this a pop album. Uh, this is like folk pop, something like that. There are fewer elements that go into your song 
sort of fewer options to make it good. You've got a verse, you've got a chorus, you've got vocals, you've got the way that everything is processed and mixed and mastered and sort of the way that everything is produced. And if your chorus and verse don't pop, if the production isn't layered and thoughtful, or if it's a sparser production, if things don't sound very, very warm, or if you're not evoking the proper feeling for people, then your song just isn't going to hit. And while I do appreciate some of the songwriting on this record, I think she, again, has written some of her best songs with this. You still get filler, and you still get, again, that predictability thing. There's just a lot of forgettable stuff on here like it's padded out a lot hour and three minutes 16 songs was like way too much way 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 too much it's another common thing we have yeah it's another problem with just generalizing yeah especially with like pop i feel like you see more of that now though where pop artists sort of give you more material up front so they get more streams not that i necessarily think this album was doing that intentionally but like if you look at other pop albums that have been released or if you looked at other popular releases like that i feel like they are getting longer or at least they have more tracks because that equates to more streams on a single track uh and that eventually will and very very eventually mind you but eventually equate to more money which i feel like is a common thing i do i let me clarify i do not think that this album is necessarily doing that that was kind of an aside okay cool glad we got that out of the way but some of the songwriting in general on this album is just either forgettable or not very good some of the vocal melodies just don't pop like other ones like on the the last great american dynasty that song gets stuck in my head all the time it's stuck in my head right now the vocal melody is great i love the vocal melody on seven and i'm trying to think as well i i remember some of the things about invisible string as well but what irks me about that track is just that the chord progression is so awkward and there are a lot of things about the songwriting aspect of this album that are awkward and the problem is when you try to spotlight that folk element like the songwriting folk music is built off of your songwriting and your storytelling that's what that's what it is it's folk music is so literal that it's uncanny right like folk music is just that it's the people's music and when you're writing stuff even if it is pop folk or uh, modern folk that's sort of the effect that you're going for and some of these tracks just don't live up to other ones or don't live up at all really uh which is unfortunate to say but like i don't remember and again like i don't remember a lot of the second half and i listen to this album a lot like peace epiphany this is well i remember some of this is me trying but august mirror ball even though that's sort of the middle like i don't remember half of it which is unfortunate um because i want to and again going into this release i wanted to like it a lot because I just liked a lot of what she was doing with it, and it just it didn't do it for me. It didn't work. So when you take away all of sort of the redeeming qualities with some of these tracks, they just don't have what it takes to be as immediate as other ones, which for me was disappointing. And I guess another thing is I, something that I almost forgot to mention because it's kind of, I, I guess for me when you go into an album like this it's sort of entailed it's part of the experience but like there's some still some cringy pop tropes that show up here especially for like taylor swift 
with that fucking awesome new shit line and plenty of other lines here as well. It's just it, going back to what you said about predictability. It's kind of predictable going into this album that you're going to get some of that, which I, it's a shame that she didn't sort of break some of those barriers, but is what it is. I still liked some of the songs on here. So do you have anything else to add really? Yeah. Something really small. I kind of forgot. And I gave my overall before this. I think Taylor has a very good voice. I don't think that she has the strongest and... Wow, that's a big crack. I don't think that she has the strongest and, you know, biggest range, most incredible timbre. Nothing like that. She isn't Beyonce, but she has a very respectable voice. She did not do a lot with her voice on this. She kind of sits in relatively the same register for most of the album she scaled it back a little bit, didn't she? And just her, just it just got old after a while. It did take long for that to get old. And listening to it and thinking, I know you can hit higher notes. Yeah. I know that you have a bigger register than this, but you just aren't going for it. And I kind of wanted her to, like, especially on a couple of the tracks, she definitely could have gone higher and done more and held notes longer. And it just wasn't. There just wasn't a lot of variety. There was a lot of the same. And yeah, that is a weird way to wrap up. But. Yeah, well, going off of that, there's also like her voice. I don't know how well it translated into the style, whether that be the way that they produced it, but it still sounds like she's trying to sing the same like pop songs or pop bangers that she was writing before and trying to basically slap that on top of these folk instrumentals sometimes. Um, especially singing that, like, she sings a hired fourth above her actual melody note a lot of the times. And it's just like, why are you trying to do this here? Like, if you're trying to give a land switch or a complete aesthetic switch, wouldn't you want to change that up? Like, it, just, it, it sounds a little slapped on. Maybe I think she needs you in the studio. <laughs> I think that's the problem. <laughs> she needs somebody bringing these questions, you know, to attention. That, that's something that I don't understand, too. I Thank you, by the way. But, like, is there no quality control in the studio for pop singers? Like, they kind of just let whatever fly? I think fly? it depends. I think it depends. Not that I think that this album needed a whole lot of quality I think there are people who reach a level where it really doesn't matter either way. Yeah, 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 of course. If you reach a Taylor Swift, Justin Bieber, Beyonce, you could do whatever you want, as much or as little. It's really up to you at that point. And I, I think you're just given the green light and a budget. You do it. That makes a lot of sense. So, I don't know. Now that you're saying it. I don't know. That was I. I felt like that was an okay play to, place to end, though. Like that. That pretty much wraps up what I had to say about it. We good? I think so. Cool. Let's wrap this up then, shall we? Is that picking up? Fiona Apple? (laughs) 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 No.
Well, 16 tracks an hour and three minutes later, and only 11 months since the last one. Granted, it's been a little bit further in the year at this point, but like... Right, and, you know, we are always super on top of things and of punctual, so, uh-huh. you know, if we basically... Fuck you, you know, we still wanted to talk about it, okay? I no, I... You can't let this one slide. You know, Taylor Swift did something interesting, can't let this one go out the window. Mm-hmm. That was really mean. I'm sorry, Taylor. I know that... It is what it is, you know? Like, she's so big, like, it's it's just not... Yeah. It's whatever. Yeah. It, you know... It is. It yeah. is what it is. It be what it be. We tell it like it is. I'm really happy that she branched out a little bit. Me too. I don't... Yeah. That's that's pretty much my overall with this. I'm glad that she branched out. You know, she could keep going down her downward spiral of reputation-esque, you know, songs. And she definitely went more back to her roots and... You know, she tried to pass some, some good instrumentation. Songs. I think that she actually wrote the majority of these songs, unlike probably what was going on in Reputation and Lover. Having many hands in the studio and many people working the boards and many, this seemed like she was more involved. Yeah. I agree. I'm just glad that I found some Taylor Swift songs to go back to, you know? I'm starting to get the hype, you know? It, 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 there's something there. There's something there. Maybe maybe I'll go back to some of her other albums at some point and listen just to see if I missed anything. But we'll see. Do you have a grade? I'm feeling like a 6.7. Ooh. 6.7. Ooh. Ooh. 6.1. 6.2. Ooh, wow. Yeah. At least we're both on the 6, but that was way higher than I was expecting. Really? Um, yeah. 6.1, 6.2, maybe a 6.4 on a good day. Who knows? Yeah. Nah, th- no, no. Definitely <laughs> definitely around the 6.1 to 6.3. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking 6.7 is probably my number. Okay. I think so. Okay. Well, and at least we're both what? on the same number. That That might be because of how terrible her last two were. Like, literally... Re- reputation might be a zero but lover Jesus, lover, that's something to put out there lover lover is probably like a one they were both they were both between a zero and two they were really 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 bad holy shit yeah so well i, I might be a little generous here right but yeah we didn't need to review those because it's right here oh okay you should listen to those for just for the hell of it yeah honestly if i was gonna tell somebody to get into like a big pop artist or something it would be an album like this like if you're gonna if you're especially if you're into the the artsier side even though again there are people who are artsier and who are better at being artsy than taylor swift like i'd say i'd say check this out this is worth a listen i would say and maybe you'll appreciate some of the qualities about it more than we did but stays between a 6.3 and a 6.7 so if any you're anywhere above or below that you're wrong and that's it pretty much thank you right? for listening cool thank you for listening we have new episodes every week you can follow taylor swift on all of the socials uh she doesn't need your money but who does your good old friends ian and tyler and with that segue <laughs> We have a donation link in our podcast description and also on our anchor page. You Is can, it in our Instagram bio? Yeah. Anywhere? Yeah, it's everywhere. Okay. Yeah, you can get to our anchor page from there. Um, it's under Sound Audits Radio. Uh, we have a website, soundaudits.com. Check that out for written reviews and updates and bios and cool things. You can check out our YouTube where we have video 
videos of our podcast, interviews, uh, segments, cool things. Check that out. If you would like to be featured on our show, you have music you want to share or whatever the case you may be. You just want to talk? You can reach out, soundaudits at gmail.com, or just shoot us a DM, you know, private message, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you're feeling, and we'd love to talk to you about yeah, music. This is chat. this is kind of our thing. So love it. Let's let's get it. And absolutely fight us in the comments. For we, sure. We will be super civil, but we're right. So yeah, bring it. So fuck you and your opinion. Me or the listener. Um Well fuck your six point seven. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh I'm not gonna shoot myself in the foot. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate all of your kind support. Thank you for listening. You have been sound audited. See you next week. Peace out, boys. Is that picking up? Fiona Apple? (laughs) (laughs) No.